Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast. This is season one, episode three. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm here with Dr. J.J. Peterson. Hello. I really want to call you Dr. J. You can. You got your PhD two months ago? Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of still wrapping up, but yes. In communication. Oh, so you're not a doctor yet? Well... It's all confusing. You can call me that, but it's I'm what's called PhD ABD, which means that after I have, birth death. Yes, yes, brilliant. It's, so I'm wrapping up my dissertation ah, right now. It's an asterisk. Yes, basically, it's like a home run record, but you use steroids. A little bit. It's like when you go and see a resident at a hospital; they're a doctor, but they're not really a doctor. That's kind of where I'm at right now. That's right. So yeah. uh, on an airplane, uh-huh. somebody's having some trouble uh-huh. over the intercom. Is there a doctor aboard? Can you legally stand up and say, I'm a doctor? Um, no. No, but I can record the person who does. Or you can help them with their communication. Ability. Yes, yes. I could say, you did not say that clearly enough. Can you get back on the, <laughs> can you get my, back on the microphone and understand who your character so is, the what the problem is, and a how... a PhD in communication and an MD, DBA, DB, PhD. <laughs> yes, Great. yes. That's the only difference, is basically just being able to save somebody on an airplane. Well, this episode is, of course, episode three, which is all about being the guide. Our businesses yeah. want to be the guide to our heroic customer. And uh, we have an interview today with Dave Ramsey. I can't believe Dave gave us the time. I love Dave. Dave is not only just one of the most exciting people to be around, he mm-hmm. makes you feel about your good about yourself, which is so great as him being a guide, but he is so smart, he's so brilliant, and helps people all over the world with their finances and kind of getting their life together. Yeah, he's kind of known as the financial guru guy, but in my opinion, Dave's even more than that. And I've gotten to know him a little bit. Uh, you know, We've had dinner a couple times, and I've just never seen a side of this guy that, I mean, he is type A, he's driven, he's typical Yoda, he's been there, he's a Jedi, you know, those guys can kind of, you know, be coach you sometimes and get after you. Yeah. At the same time, I, this guy is so much about his customers and his customer's journey. I would even use the word obsessed. He's mm, obsessed yeah. with seeing his customers win. Yeah. And that's the epitome of a guide. That's the epitome of a guide. I mean, so obsessed, he'll get he'll get hard on us. Why are yeah. you, you you're spending your money like an idiot? Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. But I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. And uh, but he's just obsessed with those guys not making stupid mistakes and uh, and also winning the day. And uh, he, I think he cares about them not just their you know their financial stuff. I think he cares a lot about their soul, which comes through uh, when you're talking to him. And the, you know D- Dave's here in Nashville. He, he his shop is out in Franklin. He's got about four hundred employees. It's a it's just exploded, and it can't uh, pick a better person for for that to happen to. But you know he gave us some time uh, after he recorded one of his radio shows to come in and talk to him on the podcast, which was really really cool. So tell me a little bit about why the guide is so important in the story brand framework. What what's what's the mentality shift what's the paradigm shift that happens with about the guide every hero in every story is looking for a guide now every human being wakes up and self-identifies as the protagonist in a story so what this means is every person is looking for a guide whether it's in lawn care or finances or whatever life insurance or it doesn't matter when a brand comes along or a personal brand even an individual and plays the role of hero here's what happens Customer wakes up as a hero, brand comes along and says, hey, I'm a hero too. We're trying to double the size of our company. My grandfather started this company. We're really excited about all our goals and our vision for the world. They say, man, that's great. I wish you the best. You and I are both heroes. We have a lot in common. That's really awesome. Can you step aside? I'm looking for a guide. 
yeah. they don't do business with you. Yeah. They do business with the person who comes along and says, now tell me your story again. Oh my gosh, you know, I've helped a lot of people accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. Let me help you too. I've got these tools and resources actually that will help you do that. When we become customer centric, we do more business because customers have their own problems and they're trying to solve those problems. That's why I love Dave Ramsey. I, I love him because he plays, I think Dave plays the role of guide better than anybody else I've seen in business. Uh, Steve Jobs did it to a great degree. I think the brand plays the role of guide. Uh, Bill Clinton did it. Ronald Reagan did it. Uh, to some degree, I think Barack Obama does it really well. Uh, you know, personal brands that, that play the role of guide, and Dave does it intuitively, they just do better. So to learn from him is great. What's interesting about this interview, after we did the interview, I realized he talked also a lot about the importance of a plan, which is the next element in Story Brand. The next episode of the podcast, we'll talk about that. But Dave kind of hits guide and plan in this one interview. That's great. We are so lucky to be able to have Dave Ramsey on the podcast today. So let's just dive right into that interview. Yeah, it's a long interview. I don't want to take any more time. Yeah. So episode three of season one of Building a Story Brand podcast. Here's Dave Ramsey. Well, Dave, thanks for coming on the podcast. Honor to be with you, Donald. Love this work you're doing, man. It's, it's a crazy honor to be here. We are in your studio it is unbelievably beautiful. You you studio right outside of Nashville, Tennessee, a little town called Franklin, and you've built this thing from the ground up. I mean, your backstory, I think most everybody listening to this knows, you actually were kind of doing some real estate slash, uh, uh, you know, selling houses, maybe even flipping houses, mm-hmm. went bankrupt mm-hmm. and discovered some biblical principles and rebuilt from the ground up. And now we're in this massive facility, 400 employees. You really, a, you had a sort of heroic backstory, uh, some pain in there and some accomplishment. Uh, how much does that feed what you're doing now? Do you still have those humble roots uh, inside you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every time I take a call on the radio from somebody who's right there, I remember it. That lump comes back up in my throat. I remember how it feels. Does it feel like two weeks ago? It does in some ways. And, and, and you know, especially when I look at some of the numbers we're dealing with, with uh, – you know, all these team members and all these dollars and all these things flying around. It's like it, it you know, I get all caught up on a $5,000 expenditure <laughs> one minute and the next minute we make a half million dollar decision and don't think about it. You yeah, know, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, so, yeah. it's just you said, weird. Your emotions, I, your emotions can't keep up with yourself. What the topic of today's podcast is about playing the guide rather than the hero. Now, anybody who understands the story brand frameworks knows that uh, really, while we want to tell the story of our company, it doesn't do you much good. What we really want to do is understand the story of our customer and play a role in that story. And we recommend playing the role of guide. So we are Yoda. Our customer is Luke Skywalker. We are Hey Mitch. Our customer is Katniss. We are Lionel. Our customer is King George trying to give a good speech. We, we, we kind of play into this role. What's interesting about you is in real life, in order to be the guide, and even in fiction and in, in, in on the screen, we have to have once been the hero. I mean, you have to have been on the battlefield, won or lost, done a good job, and then at some point you kind of go, you know, I, I love winning, I still love winning, but it's not as fulfilling as I found helping other people win. So this is where a lot of the great coaches in history, the Tom Landrys, the Pete Carrolls, these guys... Uh, have kind of come to the end of their own desire to uh, be the hero, and they're saying, you know what, I want to pass this on to other people. I think in business it's the same way. I mean, Jim Collins hints at this in Good to Great, that you fall in love with something that's bigger than yourself. You know, if you're, and we just talked about this, if your company is surrounded by your ego or, 
are propped up on your ego. It's not. It's only going to get so big. It has to be bigger than you. I think of the business leaders that I uh, know and have even studied. I think you model this idea better than anybody I've ever seen. I oh mean, you are. I really do. And we, we've, we, you know, we for every Story Brand alumni, they'll tell you we actually show a clip of you interacting with my COO. He's a guy named Tim Schur. Oh yeah. Tim came on the show to do a debt-free scream, mm -hmm. and I show that it's about a seven-minute clip. Right here in the lobby. Yeah, right here in the lobby. Mm -hmm. And you uh, encouraged him. You affirmed him. You gave him a finish line. You said. One of the things that a guy does in, in a customer's life is they participate in the transformation of that customer. They help them become somebody better than they used to be. Rather than selling them products or shoving products down their throat, you actually position your products as tools that they can use to win the day. And, of course, when we win the day, we get better self-esteem. We become different people when we start uh, accomplishing things. And I watched you do that, and I thought, this guy... You know, he. You were familiar with StoryBrand. Now you weren't at the time. You just intuitively do this, and I know from interviewing some of these guys, including Pete Carroll, that uh, lots of times uh, the story is: I was a hero. It was really great. I accomplished a lot of things. And then I went. You know what? I want more. And they found more by participating in other people being able to win. Was there a point in your history where you said, "Okay, I, I want more than this. I, I I'm starting to." become attracted to helping other people win the day. And I, know, and I know that I'm asking you to brag a little bit, but you know, remember, we're talking to a bunch of business leaders who may think it's all about themselves and may need guidance through this transformation themselves. I may have gotten there. Uh, I do everything backwards and, and with primitive starts. Uh, and then I have to figure out later if it's sophisticated or not. Somebody <laughs> else tells me later. But I, I think mine started actually from, instead of being the hero, I was... Uh, I might have been the hero in that I survived. Uh, I mean, we filed bankruptcy. We didn't die. Uh, we didn't get a divorce. We almost killed each other, but we didn't get a divorce. A and so in that sense, we just survived. So I guess in that sense, but I always felt more like a wounded healer, what mm. Larry Crabb says. You know, I don't trust a guy that doesn't walk with a limp. Mm. And so I always felt like, hey, I've been there, and so I, and I got out, so I can show you how to get out of it. I guess that's a hero role, well, in a it, sense. It, it, it's interesting because it, it was a ministry. Yeah. It, was way, it started at the church. You know, pastor called me and said, hey, you went through this stuff. You're studying these biblical financial principles. I got a guy in my office that's in foreclosure. I'm a pastor. I don't know anything about foreclosures. Uh, I know you used to buy foreclosures, Dave, and then you were one. Can you help this guy? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I can help him. That's what I do, man. I, I, I don't do it yet, but I can do it. Yeah, I can do that. And so so we sat down in the in the pastor's office and just had my first coaching session, I guess. I didn't even know what I was doing, but I didn't know what I was doing technically, tactically with the foreclosure. And so I just took what I had been through and helped that guy with it. Yeah. And that's all I did. So it was a ministry. It was the way we backed into it. But then later on, we started codifying it. And, and as it started happening, as we could make it repeat. Wash and rinse. Like how do we, wash, how do we repeat. create a structure yeah, that we can repeat and over could, and over? You could get the thing where it was communicating and everyone could get it. It wasn't just that one guy in that one office that one time or 10 people in that in that office over the next 10 months. It, it started to be thousands of people over time. We said, okay, let's polish this. Let's get the rough edges off of it to where it's duplicatable, replicatable. And then it became where the hero thing, where I think the parallel for me is money. I always tell people with money. Get some money. Money's good. Get mm -hmm. you some money. Mm -hmm. But if you eat enough lobster, it tastes like soap. <laughs> I mean, there's only so much you can do with money that, that'll make you happy. Where you'll find your most happiness with money is, yes, enjoy some of it, but in giving it. 
you, you know, philanthropy and, and charitable and giving, and especially when it's very hands-on, it, it, there's something that ignites your soul and your DNA of your spirit that, that, that nothing else does. And so that's giving yourself away from a hero, a financial hero status, right? You became wealthy, and then now you're giving yourself away. So in a sense, you're guiding in that. It's, there's a parallel there somehow. I think so. And, and have you found as much um, fulfillment in not just giving – because our company gives, but I find as much fulfillment in giving uh, as I do in creating jobs and opportunities for people to grow into and become financially successful and even pillars in their community themselves. I, I, I don't really draw a line between this is charity and this is capitalism. I see them very, very similarly, that I'm, I get to transform lives as a business owner raise some of these guys up so that they're buying houses and having children and becoming deacons at their churches. And, and part of that is providing a job and some opportunities to do that. Do you delineate between those two or do you see as much, uh, are, are you as passionate about giving to people who are in need, uh, creating a, a structure for employees and also creating a framework that your customers can go through? Everybody's being transformed. I, th- I think every uh, business that's run properly and with the right soul, the Donald Miller organization, the Dave Ramsey organization, are as much in ministry as any good church in the sense of that. And yes, we're giving people jobs. We're giving them the kids' ability to go to college. We feed them, uh, give them, you know, it's the it's the sanctified capitalism, to go back to that word. But um, that's there. I, I, I delineate that from what I would call pure charity but I, I think that is as holy an endeavor as charity is a holy endeavor yeah and, and charity would be you know where you've just got you know the homeless shelter mm-hmm. and you just they need some money to operate that right, they right. feed those guys i mean they got to feed those guys and so and they can teach them to fish i don't have to teach them to fish they can work with their stuff i'm not gonna but we don't give to anything that doesn't cause someone to become better even in our charitable giving in the Ramsey Family Foundation. It's always a, a ministry or a process that's causing someone to become better. To grow. To grow and to transform. Because wh- whether they're starting at the very lowest possible rung of the socioeconomic ladder or they can't even reach that rung, wherever they're starting, or they're starting halfway up, or a single mom, they're trying to just struggle through, or they're whatever the ministry is to prison, it needs to be someone's getting better. I don't want to participate in their delusions. I don't want to be in a financially be an enabler. Uh, and the same thing then is true over in the business. But over there, it, it, it's, you know, I got folks walking alongside of me and, and really all they need is an opportunity. Well, you said something earlier that I thought was fascinating. I think it's a pillar of, of how you've built this organization that a lot of people can learn from, especially life coaches, financial planners. We have a lot of those guys listening uh, that you created a repeatable framework. That rather than, I know a lot of executive coaches say, hey, I can make you better, but they don't have an actual curriculum that they take everybody through, which for us, that was a massive shift for me to say, hey, we don't just want to help you with your marketing. We want to teach you seven parts of a framework that you can duplicate over and over. And at that point, our business began to explode. What, what I also love about that is it's actually a narrative framework. And what I mean by that is you're guiding people through a story. What a story is, is a character that really wants something, but they have to overcome challenges to get it. Mm-hmm. And so you identify our characters want to be out of debt. They want to be financially sound. They want to be financially wise. They're up against all sorts of pressure from credit card companies, from their own debt, from past mistakes, from college loans. And we're going to give them a plan, Financial Peace University, that they can go through and come out of that debt-free 
and also transformed from uh, a financial idiot to a financial, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever, uh, ninja. And uh, that is all narrative. And I yeah. think people are, I think people hunger to live through a story as much as they hunger for water, food, and sex. I really do. And when a brand comes along and says, hey, we'll give you some plot points that you can hit to transform and win, I think everybody says, you know what? I'm paying attention to this guy, and I think that's part of your success. Was that intentional, or was it just, hey, we've got to be able to duplicate this for the masses? It w was not intentional in the sense of I understood the story branding aspect. Um, it was more when you came along, you said stuff, and I went, oh, okay, that's, that's why that works. I could see why yeah. it worked immediately yeah. in your framework, and that's why you and I became instant friends. I mean, it was just because, like, yeah, that's, how that, that's perfect, and yeah, and then come over to our office and show all our people how to do that in these other areas that aren't working. So, you know, that's, that's what <laughs> we got. I think it's true of Apple and Coca-Cola. They're all intuitively doing it. Yeah, and what in our case, what we were doing was we knew that uh, the, the, the way that we looked at it was what our people tell us today is that they most like the fact with our brand that it is aspirational and that the inspirational pieces there where money usually doesn't have that it's usually a root canal discussion right you know i'd rather go to shoot myself and go to the 401k meeting kind of thing right. and, but then also it's a clear path they always say clear path clear path the seven baby steps you do this and baby step number two is called number two because it's number two Right. <laughs> you don't do number three before it because it's called number three for a reason. Right. And we didn't just make this up. There's data behind it, and millions of people have done this. You don't need to fix it. It's not broken. Shut up. Do the plan. And we do that over and 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 over again to where it's drilled into people's psyche that, that they can do these seven baby steps. And the thing that we discovered was from a practical standpoint, I'm a pragmatist, and that's how I back end all this stuff. I'm sitting down with people, and I'm going, okay, you need to get out of debt. You, you need to save for an emergency. You need to get your retirement done. You, you need to get your kids' college saved, and you got to pay off your house. And, and they're going, oh, my God, I'm overwhelmed. How do I eat this elephant? Right. And, and I, you got to eat it a bite at a time. Well, which bite do I take first? And I went, ah. They want a path. They need a starting point. Yeah. Because the, the elephant's overwhelming. Give me a bite I can take. So baby step one is intentionally very small. That save a thousand dollars a beginner starter emergency fund you, you may already have a thousand dollars so just label it you're done next check but quickly get a thousand dollars because i want a quick win that says i can start the path and i don't feel the three major negative emotions around the issue of personal finance uh shame and guilt i don't feel i feel like everybody else has got their act together and i don't and cynicism everybody teaching money screwing somebody and everybody, my insurance guy, I don't understand it. My investment guy, my realtor, my mortgage, who understands those closing costs? You know, everybody, everything about money is intimidating and everybody thinks everybody else has got it figured out. And, and so we just said, we've got to pierce through that and let you have some success. So you have the power to take you through it. Cause I can't physically carry you through all of it. And I'm not giving you any money. I'll just show you how. And so it's very practical pragmatic to step to step to step to step to step but then there was this hope piece that came in proverbs says hope deferred makes the heart sick but when desire comes it is the tree of life and so once they get that one thing and then they start doing the bait the debt you know baby step two is the debt snowball and it's the same principle right. you pay off the little one why because i need some success and when i when i start to believe i can do this that's when i change my life and then they turn around and look at me and go you changed my life <laughs> to which i always say no i didn't yeah i just showed you how to change your life yeah took you through a story here's a path and i would say probably the number one thing that most of the clients that we deal with at story brand could do to improve their business is create a plan 
at almost whatever you're doing, just create a plan for people to walk through because everybody's looking for. I call them stones in the creek. Mm-hmm. You know, when you I used to take guys on this hike up in uh, up in uh, Portland when I lived in Portland, and we'd have to cross this this basically a creek, but it was also it was basically a river. Yeah. And it's top of a waterfall. Man, they got so scared. And then I'd say, Hey, see this see this rock. We're gonna hit this rock. Then we're gonna hit this rock. And people will come so far with you as a brand. And if you don't have a plan, they say, Listen, I'm not crossing that creek. It looks too scary. And and, and make the first one an easy one. Yeah, they can just step right in. Yeah, just confident. Okay, maybe. All right, maybe. And then by the time they get to the end of the thing, they're studly, man. They can leap. Yeah. You know, because the confidence has come because they are walking their path. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, A lot of people are dealing with this. I'm dealing with this a little bit. We're trying to figure it out, trying to preempt it, actually. Uh, I'm trying not to become the face of my organization, which is hard uh, because, you know, I'm building on a platform of some best-selling books and all this kind of stuff. And now you're at the point where you're trying to diversify the personalities that Ramsey Solutions represents. What are the pros and cons? Because at the same time, I say, Dave... I couldn't have built this business if I wasn't the face of the organization, but I'm looking down the road going, if I ever want to sell it or turn it over to some folks, I can't stay the the front person. Thankfully, we called it Story Brand instead of Donald Miller International Story Brand, whatever. Uh, so that was a good move from the beginning. But you de- you've dealt with the pros and cons of being the face of the organization. What's some advice that you have for people starting out? I think organizations that don't have a face probably don't have a soul. Is that right? So yeah. just they, a, need, they need a face. So we needed Tim Cook. We need Tim yeah. Cook at Apple. Yeah. We needed yeah. Steve Jobs. We need. And when you can't name them, you're probably struggling with the organization. You know, I mean, way back, Lee Iacocca at Chrysler. I mean, right. you go Jack Welch. You can go all the way through. Uh, and those are big names. Those are Jim Collins names. But if you're local heat and air company, you don't know who the guy is. Right. Then you probably, you know, because here's Somebody what Somebody needs to we take don't the tru- responsibility. We don't trust nameless, faceless organizations. We trust people. And organizations run at the speed of trust. And so they got to trust that. Now, the downside is when the guy dies, the organization's screwed. So you got to have a transition plan. And that's what we're working on, a succession plan. People are not guided by nameless, faceless airbags of organizations. They're just not. The the guide is a person. The guide has a soul. The guide has, uh, you know, has, is not perfect. Mm -hmm. And we're okay with them not being perfect. We're just, uh, but, but we just know they're further along that track than we are, and so I'm willing to be guided by that lady or that man. Well, not only that, it's somebody who's going to take responsibility. Yeah, yeah. That, that ultimately I can hold this person accountable because they're the face of the organization if this doesn't work. Even more than helping people get out of debt or get their, get their wits about them financially, I think one of the great contributions that you've made to culture, especially American culture, is that you have transformed people from victim to hero. And I, I would say, I would just honor you for that and say thank you for that, because I think we need a lot more of those kinds of voices. One of the reasons I love, you know, I, I, I sold millions of books in a different genre, in the Christian genre, and I could keep doing that. But I found myself more and more attracted to these type A folks who were driven and doing things than I did in folks who were just trying to figure it out. Now, there's a space for people who are just trying to figure it out. There are people who are a lot more patient with them. I've discovered I'm not very patient. And uh, and so I switched into this. It's a smaller role. There's less fame in it. But I get to work with people who are not victims and believe they can change the world. And I think you are converting people from victims into heroes and hopefully someday from heroes to guides. And I, I just want to thank you for that. Well, I'm honored to do it. It's It's the most fulfilling work that you'll ever do it is to guide. Yeah. And so uh, just to encourage your listeners, um, you know, the stuff that Donald's outlining, 
it's it's dead on we're using it inside of our organization we're uh we've actually found a few places that we were doing things wrong and we couldn't figure it out and we put this overlay on it we went oh that's what's wrong with that and, and um but but it's 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 just like giving is the most fun you'll ever have with money. Guiding is the most fun you'll ever have with your oh, life. So Being the hero. Yeah. I don't. I don't want them to do any more profiles ever on Dave Ramsey, hmm. uh, in terms of magazine profile. And Dave Ramsey's on the cover and all that garbage, uh, unless it causes us to be able to cause somebody else to be a hero somewhere down the line. But this idea of making us into celebrities, it's just it's so empty. Yeah. And, and it's so it's hollow. It doesn't do anything. But this other stuff, man, it's got richness in its soul. It's cool. I have a question for you, and I, I end every podcast with this, Dave. What book have you read that you think everybody needs to read? Now, I'll say this. Everybody needs to read the book Entree Leadership. Every one of my listeners needs to read it. And we've got some resources that I'll share with you later that Dave has offered us for free. But that book is fantastic. But I'm curious, what have you read recently that everybody needs to read? I read it 10 years ago, and it's a book that's um, a, a little bit on the sidelines. And so maybe books that people haven't heard of. Now, I can list the same ones that everybody's heard of, the Malcolm Gladwells, the Seth Godins, mm-hmm. the Jim Collins, anything those guys write, read it. It's amazing. They're, those guys are incredible. One that's a, a, a little-known treasure is called Thou Shall Prosper mm-hmm. by Rabbi, Dan, Rabbi Daniel Lappin. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And, He's uh, also got a great podcast. He does. O- Orthodox Jewish Rabbi. We've become good friends since I started endorsing his book. <laughs> but it's because it, it is probably one of the best business books I've ever read. And it's the 10 reasons that Jewish people have had a tendency to prosper wherever they land in any situation in any time in history. And it's not mystical. It's not weird. But it's just got these nuggets all through it. Like um, God is inordinately pleased when we are obsessively, compulsively preoccupied with the needs of others. How's that for a business principle? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And this book's full of those. You know, I fall asleep sometimes. Betsy and I will fall asleep listening to his podcast, and it's just wisdom soaking into your brain. Dave, this has been a fantastic conversation. I deeply appreciate the time that you gave to us. Thank you. It's an honor to be You've with you. You've helped so many people. Thanks for helping the story brand clients. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Dave Ramsey. And Dave was so gracious and gave us a free resource. If you are looking to grow as a company, we know that part of growing a company is hiring great people. And Dave gave us a resource, 12 Steps to a Good Hire. You can get that free resource by texting LHIRE, which is E-L-H-I-R-E. That's E-L-HIRE to 44222. Again, that's 12 Steps to a Good Hire from Dave Ramsey at E-L-H-I-R-E, texting that to 44222. And uh, you'll find some great stuff on there. And Dave, once again, comes alongside you as the guide to help you grow your business. Well, next up, we're going to dive right into the web critique. As you know, if you've been a listener so far, we do this every podcast where Don takes a look at a company's website and points out things that you need, things that are missing, helping to clarify your message, grow your business. And you can walk away from this with some tips for your own site. To get a video of this web critique, stop by buildingastorybrand.com slash three. So here we go. Hey, this is the part of the Building a Story Brand podcast where we actually review websites. I mean, this is where the rubber hits the road. Our framework exists to help you simplify and clarify your marketing messages so that people respond. We live in a world of noise and we teach people to make music. So every single episode, we review somebody's website. You can tell us about your website by uh, tweeting at us at at StoryBrand or at Donald Miller. If you really want to get through, tweet to both at StoryBrand and at Donald Miller. And we can only review one. We get hundreds of requests. We, we review one per episode. Uh, and uh, we try 
try to get to some of the ones that we feel like would represent the, the most people. Today, I want to re review a website called VeritasCounseling.com. VeritasCounseling.com, or that's the name of the company. That's the, the address for the website. Now, you're listening to a podcast. You'll get a lot out of it just by listening. But if you want to see the website that I'm reviewing, go to BuildingAStoryBrand.com. Type in the episode that you're listening to, and you can get a screencast of me reviewing this website. Veritas Counseling is a counseling center. There are many things, first of all, that I like about this website. The first thing is it's clean. I mean, there is not a lot of text. Uh, it, it's easy to read, easy to understand. It's not cluttered. It doesn't make me feel crazy. It doesn't make me feel like I just pulled open the junk drawer in the kitchen. There's all this stuff in it. Uh, it's wonderful. A couple things that I would suggest, you know, as I look at this uh, website, Patrick, and, and the first thing is your tagline, your main one-liner, and by the way, thank you for having one line in the middle of an image at the top of your website. I wish all of our clients did that. It's super important. That said, yours says, find help, find hope. This is a problem, and the re the problem is it's too vague. If I if I give somebody five seconds, we call this passing the grunt test. If a website passes the grunt test, it means that that somebody can in five seconds answer three questions: What do you offer? What's in it for me? And how will it make my life better? So let's say I give somebody five seconds to look at this website. They're definitely going to think it's clean. They're going to understand. They're going to read the big, beautiful text you have. And they're going to say, find help, find hope, take the first step towards transformation, video resources, context, close. And I've closed the laptop lid. They only had five seconds. And then I asked the question, what do they offer? You know what? They don't know. I mean, they might say help and hope, but help and hope with what? With carpet cleaning? With uh, landscaping? with filing your taxes? Who knows? It didn't say. You have to say on the nose what it is that you offer. So you need to say right up there on top of this image, uh, partnering you with a counselor who can change your life for the better. Right? Partnering you with a counselor who can change your life for the better. I mean, if I read that in five seconds, I, I know you're going to partner me with a guide who is going to help me transform. So what you've done is you've said it without saying it, and you've so vague that nobody knows what you're talking about. Find help, find hope, take the first step towards transformation is what you're saying up here. And if I said partnering you with a counselor who can make your life better, I've said so much more. Now, do I sound poetic and beautiful? No, I don't sound poetic and beautiful, but I sound clear. So imagine, you know, let's say, uh, Patrick, you were asking a girl out. You're back in your dating years, and you go up to her and you say, coffee is lovely, isn't it? Well, she's going to think you're weird, right? What you need to say is, hey, you want to get coffee sometime? I really like talking to you. You want to go on a date? Then she knows what you're talking about, and she doesn't think you're weird. We get so passive-aggressive in our marketing. It's ridiculous, and we don't need to be passive-aggressive. We need to just say it, and we don't even need to say it interestingly or fascinatingly. That's sometimes fine, but the most important thing is that you just say it, and you say it well. The other thing, I would add two more things to this website. Uh, I would add in the top right a, uh, a direct call to action. Contact us is nice, but I would say schedule an appointment uh, instead of contact us because, again, contact us is just a little vague. I don't Why am I contacting you? Schedule an appointment. Call them to action. Let's get up here in the top right and also uh, here and repeat it here in the middle of the page. Video resources is interesting, but video resources, again, Patrick, it's so vague. Uh, if you would spell out these video resources maybe in the section below, uh, how to have a better marriage, how to survive work, 
what to do when you can't figure out why you're depressed. You know, topics tend to sell. And when we say video resources, I don't know what that is. And for all that I know, you could be selling Canon cameras because that's a video resource. I mean, if I need a camera, I need a video resource, right? Don't be vague. Don't don't be vague. Uh, and then as we scroll down, wisdom is the art of living skillfully in whatever actual conditions we find ourselves. Again, I have to sit and think about what that means. It, it just doesn't mean anything. I mean, it, I'm sure it means something in the context of a Thomas Merton book. It doesn't. It's not helping me figure out what you're going to do for me, right? Uh, we offer counseling for marriage, parenting, emotional abuse, religious abuse, difficult relationships, depression, anxiety, addiction, compulsions, and more. Thank you. You've, here it is in the tiny text in the middle of the page, two feet down from the fold, what you actually do. And it, it's just got to be more obvious than that. It's got to be more obvious than that. Listen, Patrick, this is a super easy website to fix. Uh, it's clean. You, the font sizes that you've chosen are fantastic. Uh, you've got the right amount of text, in my opinion. It's just the wrong text. One more thing to consider. You have a picture of what looks like Yosemite Valley. Faded, beautiful, gorgeous shot. People buy hope. Now, this does say peace. It says uh, serenity, all that kind of stuff. If you show me, though, a picture of a smiley, happy person, a smiling, happy couple, uh, I want that's the resolution to my internal frustration. Especially as if I'm looking for a counselor, right? I want to be happy again. I want to be at peace again. The mountain is nice. Uh, it would be a lovely calendar. I'm sure it's working okay for you. I think pictures of smiling, happy people work a little bit better. Listen, Patrick, I hope that this these recommendations help. Uh, it's a lot easier than it, it seems. It's not rocket science. But we do want to communicate very, very clearly. If you're wanting your marketing collateral to work... Visit us at storybrand.com. We have a seven-part framework that we can teach you, and it's a duplicatable framework. You learn it, and you use it over and over again, and you'll be a marketing ninja. You'll look at websites and go, nope, it's not working because this, 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 and this. As long as you understand these seven things, we teach this framework at workshops uh, live, and we teach it through an online workshop. We even have facilitators who can come to your business and take your entire business through this framework so that you can understand it. Look us up at storybrand.com. If you want back episodes of the Building a Storybrand podcast, go to buildingastorybrand.com and look up all the, all the podcasts that we've done. Every one of them is designed to help you communicate clearly and understand the seven-part framework so that you can become a real marketing ninja. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Hopefully you receive some great tips on how to help clarify your message and help grow your business. That's what we're all about at StoryBrand. If you would like help in creating a clear message, go to 5minutemarketingmakeover.com and you can get a free resource, three videos where Don helps you get started in this process. Our music today from this episode is from the album Black Bear by Andrew Bell, which you can listen to on Spotify or download on iTunes. Our aim at the Building the Story Brand podcast is to help you stand out in a sea of noise by getting crystal clear with your message. On behalf of the whole Story Brand team, thanks for listening.